Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Square Ball Podcast. 148 of the Square Ball Podcast. I'm Dan Moylan. I have Michael Normanton here. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. We are counting down towards the release of issue two of the fanzine, which is going to be on sale this weekend for the Derby game. You can get that uh, as an individual copy at the ground on the website. And that's the same place that you can find subscriptions as well for this season, either digital or paper. Plus, you can find signed copies of Moscow's book, 100 Years of Leeds United, at thesquareball.net. Right, gents, reflections on the Barnsley victory then. Obviously, we covered a lot of it off immediately in the Matchball podcast that we did on Sunday afternoon. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? And what have we learned since? We didn't mention Calvin Phillips enough, who was very good throughout the game um, and put in a delightful ball for Nketiah. Admittedly, it was made to look better by the fact the Barnsley defenders chose to have a little couple of minutes off when it came to marking, but it was a lovely ball in. He's quietly got good at set pieces, hasn't he? He sort of hits it now in a way that you know how Ronaldo hits free kicks where it's kind of got a low trajectory that dips and stuff. He's kind of hitting his crosses like that, which I think is making them hard to track. It's quite interesting. Normally you don't get that. Slightly more drilled ball, isn't it, than, mm. a, than a floated ball, for example. And it got to a Leeds player. That's its big advantage over most of our other set-piece takers. <laughs> there was a period, I'm fairly sure, during the 1990s when Gordon Strachan would take, I don't know, maybe 15 corners a game and every single one would hit the man at the near post. Yes, the old uh, square ball magazine had a, a great cartoon which was Gordon Strachan's guide to signals at corner kicks and it was uh, all the different arm signals he used to do and everyone just said um, floated to the first defender. Gary McAllister took over at some point as well didn't he doing the exact same corner which was again a little it was kind of did he pick the ball up both arm, both arms in the air with the ball and then that meant chips to the near post yeah. headed clear. <laughs> and we're better than that now mind you the footballs I think are lighter aren't they? It was only the 90s they weren't Big stitched leather, <laughs> a pig <pig's> bladder. bladder. <laughs> we didn't give enough uh, credit to Stuart Dallas either in the match ball. We didn't mention him at all, actually. And he was great. He's suddenly turned into a really good footballer. He's just become the best right back in the in the country. All of a sudden, I don't quite, I don't know where it's come from. He was all right there last year, but he did also have a couple of quite poor games. Whereas this year, he's been probably our most consistent player. And also, he deserves some credit for twatting the fuck out of the advertising board after he scored. It was very, it was like a cat's buyer. If anyone remembers that for Newcastle, where he just starts kicking and, and punching the advertising boards. He is quite difficult to account for because he's just playing that well. There's nothing you can really pick out about it where it's like, oh, he did this or that. It's just like good performance after good performance. And credit to him. Uh, one of the things we did say on the match ball was that we thought Barnsley were quite good. Do you think, on reflection, Barnsley were quite good? 
I thought they were. Yeah, I thought they, they caused us problems. They created more chances than pretty much everyone else has this season. Apart from obviously Swansea, who, who had us worked out from the from the first minute, according to uh, Cooper. Obvious weaknesses, didn't we? we mm. Obvious weaknesses to exploit. Mm. Six shots on target is the most anybody's had against us, and eight off target. I've not checked whether all of them were Malik Wilkes, but um, I think that definitely contributed to it that they had somebody up front who just wanted to lash the ball at our goal at every opportunity. But um, yeah, nobody's um, had that many shots against us this season, and as we said on uh, Sunday, nobody's disrupted our passing as much although there's some yin and yang whether that was Jamie Shackleton had more to do with it than uh, than they did that whether if Forshaw had been in there things would have been a bit more controlled and we would have got those passing numbers up but yeah they did uh, they did alright against us it'll probably be um, the best they ever play ever again well on that note it's quite interesting to hear from West End Boggs you know the Barnsley fanzine uh, our counterparts down the M1 who said that we were miles better than they were and that it always looked like we had another gear to go into whereas they were playing at their capacity they were playing to their maximum there's probably something in it I mean the fact that half of their team is uh, made up of players we've rejected as not being good enough would suggest that we're a much better team than them uh, Bielsa had uh, quite a lot of praise though didn't he for Barnsley but then he, get, he just likes football I think he actually almost enjoyed someone giving us a bit of a game I think he enjoys yeah, people trying to play in the right way against us as well. He'll have no time for defensive football, whereas they actually had a bit of a go, which I imagine he probably quite appreciates. It's a bit like with Guardiola's the same. He doesn't like it when teams come to defend, does he? Whereas if someone's played well against him, he like goes on the pitch and enthusiastically shakes them about and stuff. He was delighted with Norwich's performance <laughs> at the weekend. Yeah, it's noticeable uh, Bielsa didn't say any of this about Swansea, did he, Steve Cooper? Did he? And what did he say exactly? He said it was a beautiful game and that... Uh, the team is better than the addition of each player they have. Um, the championship that mean, is that the sum of the parts, kind of. A, yeah, yeah, I think so. And the championship is so special for me that uh, there is a team like this one near the bottom of the table. I like that you just emphasised that as well. The bottom of the table is where Barnsley are, but it's beautiful that they're there. A little bit of side eye attached to that one, maybe. <laughs> Possibly, but you know what he means. That there's that there's a team willing to, uh, despite their difficult position in the championship they're willing to uh, to go all guns blazing against Leeds and lose <laughs> <laughs> which most teams will do most teams will lose well, no, most, they are doing yeah most will just sit back and uh, try and shit house their way through like Swansea did and lose well no Swansea won, won didn't they <laughs> um, but then uh, yeah this lot actually had a go and lost which is much more in keeping with the spirit of the game and it does leave us top because we are very very good and at the minute we are averaging 2.3 points per game which if you do the calculations and extrapolate that over the season, we're on for about 105 points at the minute, which you would think would probably see us promoted in most seasons. But if there is one club that can manage to not get promoted with 105 points... There's there's always a potential points deduction for something. Let's not forget that. Is that ratio almost up there with how many penalties Halme's going to give away this season? (laughs) 2.3 penalties per game. Yeah, it's two pens in three starts he's managed to to dish out, which is pretty good going. And... um, we mentioned Wilkes trying hard against Barnsley. I'd not realised. I thought MC Freestyle had quite a quiet game, but it turned out he um, created four chances from open play. The uh, the little Donny Diego Maradona, Moat himself. So he was another one who was kind of driving uh, driving against us. But um, yeah, I kind of miss Moat, but I'm glad he doesn't play for us anymore. <laughs> On how good we are, actually, I've just seen Ben Mayhew, is, who is ex- at Experimental361, tweet some stats. You know these ones where it's kind of all plotted on a chart and it's like 
busy attack, quiet defence and attacking effectiveness. We're basically the best team on everything. By miles. By a very long way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's had to uh, extend his charts. There's like a, they're like a, a centrefold. They fold out another page just so he can fit just leads, leads on. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful gatefold. Just returning to, uh, to Halmo, I very much enjoyed the footage of Alioski. Uh, do we want to call it sledging him in the tunnel yes. before the game? Are you nervous, Arpo? Why, why are you not speaking? I noticed uh, Casilla joined in as well. He's looking at him going like, you don't say hello? And then you, you hear that little, hello. <laughs> but he was furious on the pitch, wasn't he? Pat well, Bamford he, uh, felt all the, um, all the anger that he'd built up in the tunnel. What was the description you put in your match report, Moscow, which I enjoyed very much? Oh, I mean, that one was quite long-winded. The, the, the Yorkshire Evening Post column that you've probably not read yet, I compared it to two... Uh, teen idols having like big drama on the OC <laughs> you know when everybody tunes in they're, they're finally going to come to blows over fucking Jennifer or whoever <laughs> um, yeah he seemed to take all that being wound up by Olioski and then go and try and take it out on the, the possibly the only player that might be softer than him on the pitch didn't really work I mean he yeah we were saying on Sunday he kind of he was getting a lot of decisions off of uh, the pig fucker <laughs> But you can't, yeah, in retrospect, he didn't necessarily get the better of Bamford. He just kind of, he managed to get a lot of free kicks against him rather than that's how he stopped him from playing. He's a very ungainly faller as well, I noticed. When he did go to the ground a few times, he looks kind of like a giraffe being shot. Still no idea how uh, Bamford managed to draw blood as well. Like I couldn't Mm. see any particular connection between any part of Bamford and his face and yet stunt blood. Helmy just came up bleeding. Stunt Stunt blood. blood. <laughs> Trying to get him sent off. <laughs> that would take gamesmanship to a whole new level, that wouldn't it? If you take him. Didn't, didn't that happen in rugby? There was some yeah, fake, yeah. fake blood thing going on. Yeah. Daft game. Daft Gentleman's game. game, apparently. That's proper cheating. That's premeditated. <laughs> that is amazing. Taking blood capsules on. Mind you, there was that uh, maniac on the internet who suggested that uh, somebody had bitten their own arm try and get Dukara sent off that yes. time wasn't it bitten his chest in fact bitten his own chest have you ever tried to bite your own chest you should try it now if you're listening by the way not, maybe not if you're driving who in the um, who in the lead squad would bite themselves Alioski exactly <laughs> it is possible <laughs> I think Alioski would quite happily bite anybody I'm surprised he didn't go bite Halme in the tunnel to be honest just give him a little nibble to remind him being friendly like an over friendly dog he's <laughs> he just, just doing that because he, he likes nips. you he doesn't really doesn't really hurt yeah but I'm bleeding <laughs> Oh dear. Well, from all that sweetness and lights to sad scenes in the stands, people hitting one another. I mean, you hate to see it. Did you see that, uh, the picture of the, I mean, I don't know if it was a married couple, maybe they were brother and sister, maybe they were both being from Barnsley, who knows? Man and a woman who were laying into the Leeds fan who was uh, sat in the, uh, in the stand. They called it the uh, the Barnsley threesome, I think it was called, if you were referring to it in Karma Sutra terms. Yeah, the, uh, the Barnsley gentleman was topless as well, which is a... a, a unusual look at the football I generally I tend to put a shirt on if I'm leaving the house especially put, if I'm going to a football match I put a shirt on for most occasions yeah to be honest. at some point between I mean maybe he left the house like that and that's fine I mean people are really really restrictive on how what you can do and how you can get inside a football ground can you get in through a turnstile without a top on do you think if you just turn up shirtless it's like this is this is just me there is that weird rule that you can um, in New York you're allowed to stride around bare-chested in the streets and that's why they can still do like fashion shoots guerrilla style in the streets but I don't know if Barnsley is quite the same <laughs> it mm. only takes the first sunny day normally around 
normally sort of March, and if you go through Armley, there's always shirtless men. Yeah, no, dog on a lead uh, and a kind of monster. I mean, I know Leeds fans have a, the reputation of going in the away end and on a cold day, shirts off, whipping around your head, singing a song, but they've got the shirts in the hand, whereas this guy, there's absolutely no evidence that he had any other clothes. I mean, as, uh, as clothing arrived in Barnsley, it's quite a deprived area. Maybe they're just waiting for that to uh, to come in in time for this winter. It's those Flintstone-style one-pieces. Uh, the Daily Mail weren't impressed, were they? Punches thrown and fans left bloodied as Leeds and rival Barnsley supporters clash during ugly scenes in the stands at Oakwell. Why weren't they hitting foreigners? <laughs> I am a little bit confused by all this because everything I've seen, all the videos, quite clearly show a steward from uh, a Barnsley steward spotted a Leeds fan celebrating... Uh, our goal by standing on a, a little wall, which is still about 10 feet away from the pitch. You then have advertising hoardings to get onto, um, to get over if he was going to do anything. I mean, that's that's the act of a, of a slightly wild toddler, that's all. Yeah, he kind of came up, stood on the wall, hands in the air, and then back to his seat, where he was chased by this steward who decided he was going to throw him out and did throw him out and then came back. And there's another video showing him walking back in front of the Leeds fans um, basically goading them, saying, seeing if anybody else wants to have a go at him. And then other stewards come along and say, you need to calm this down to the steward. And he doesn't calm it down, so they eject him. <laughs> so that's that's the story. And then when you look at who was arrested, a Leeds fan was arrested. Well, two Leeds fans were arrested uh, related to apparently an assault on a steward. At what point did that happen somewhere else? Was it a different steward? Because nothing in anything I've seen or anybody was talking about presented anything other than um, a steward being an absolute prick. So what we're saying is Leeds fans are good as gold yep. and uh, Barnsley stewards are always in the wrong. But that, that clip, like say, all that needs to be said really, I mean, nothing needs to be said. He's, the guy's nowhere near the pitch. You just need to, if he needs to say anything, it's don't do that, mate. Yeah, he's not doing anything wrong. <laughs> Get down off that wall because if you fall, you could hurt yourself. But just leave it another 10 seconds and the problem has ended because he'll have celebrated the goal. He'll go back to his seat. It's all over. What's interesting, I mean, I know South Yorkshire police are not necessarily the greatest friend of the football fan, historically speaking, but I know there's far more kind of uh, hands-off approach towards policing these days in football. They're certainly trying to steer things that way, and I think the West Yorkshire lot are pretty good. problem is this guy was a, a basically a nightclub bouncer, wasn't he? Because mm. he had the, the security pass thing on his arm and everything. And is that, if anyone's ever been to a nightclub... In Parsley. <laughs> you'll probably know that they can be a bit... Um, they're a bit fond of trouble mm. sometimes. I think he's just had it in mind that when Leeds celebrated, he was going to chuck somebody out. And so he looked around and he went, I reckon I can take him. And he's he went for him, it. And he's by himself as well. Yeah. At if, least he, if he'd been part of a big group, he'd have probably left him alone. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like the, the, the group, the stag do that arrives at the front door. Not tonight, lads. You might turn them away. But well, if, they, if they start fighting, then you're not going to pile into all of them, are you? <laughs> the steward was chasing this guy into the stand while other Leeds fans were going past him in the other direction. So he, he basically forgot about protecting the pitch from potential invasion to go and throw somebody out that he fancied picking on. And then, yeah, and then all the stories are, you know, Leeds fans causing trouble in the away end and assaulting stewards and all this. And <sighs> typical. Thanks to you. If you've got behind our other podcast, The Extra Ball, our paid subscription podcast, uh, we love your work. Thank you very much. And it's bonus content every single week, two ninety nine a month. Your first month is free. And if you're new to this podcast, haven't heard it much before, and if you want to get behind us, then we would ask you to give The Extra Ball a go. It's letting us do loads more podcasting. And on this week's episode, we are tackling the big questions such as this one. Who would you invite to your dream Leeds United dinner party and what would you cook them? 
You have five seats to fill and all current and former employees of the club are eligible. Further points will be awarded for inaccurate accents and or impressions. If you want to get involved, have a look at the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. So not only are the first team uh, winning matches, so are the under 23s. Thumped Watford 6-0 and that's very exciting. Not really the under 23s. Sorry, is that is that the Watford social media team that I hear in the room? Well, it's not fair, is it? Yeah, we absolutely dicked them. I only saw the second half, but they basically didn't have any touches. I mean, for, I could see. for the benefit of anybody who's not seen the Watford tweets, they uh, they constantly refer to uh, a very experienced lead side. And one of them said, Goal, Luke Ayling, who has played more than 100 times for the first team, converts at the far post with his left foot. I mean, it's reserved team football, so it's fine. It, if this was like a, an under-16s match and Luke Ayling had turned out, then they might have a point. I went to see Leeds under-23s away to Huddersfield and Dean Whitehead was on the pitch. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's part of uh, it's part of how it is. You You can... They could have chosen a more experienced team themselves. I'm sure they've got some some players that aren't in the first team that they could have played, and we probably would have dicked them 10-0. I mean, Stuart McKinstry, 16 years old, very experienced. <laughs> I mean, that's the two of the, the best players were him and uh, Jack Jenkins, who were both babies and both looked really good. Bogus, has Bogus played in our first team yet? Played in the for, Not in the league, though, has he? So he's got nothing. Um <laughs> Sounded a little bit more angry and dismissive than you needed to there, Moscow. But he's done now. But yeah, I mean, maybe they were frantically googling his uh, his appearances in the Polish second division. Well, he's played first team football in Poland. He's practically an international. Yeah, ridiculous. But um, but good for us. We looked great. And also, we should we should mention that they are not blameless with their team selection because they had uh, Henry Wise playing for them, who is, as uh, the name suggests, Dennis's son, which means he is also. Ken Bates is, I mean, this is an ironic use of the term godson. Is he as talented as um, William Warnock, you I, think? I don't think he touched the ball. It's worth noting that his career path uh, to Watford's under-23s last season, he was in Derby County's under-18s. I can't remember who was in charge at Derby last season, whether there was how they would have mm. how they would have stumbled across this exciting young talent uh, <laughs> who just happened to have been sprung from the, the tiny loins of Dennis Wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can't roll up to Elland Road with a fucking spawn of two Satans in your midfield and then start giving out about Luke Aylin coming on as a half-time He's one of Dennis Wise's kids, Ken Bates' godson. Yes. yes. Well, you're not listening to me talking That's, just now. Yes, that was that is right though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think Sorry, they all yeah. are. I think he may have multiple children and they're all, they've all been yes. okay. um, I'd forgotten condemned that by of... the, the touch of Bates on their foreheads. Of the Wise Bates. Axis. I'd forgotten that that they were linked in many ways. Yeah, because do you not remember when Wise took over at Leeds? It was uh, mentioned at the time, wasn't it? And I thought that's bordering on nepotism. Yeah, and then Wise basically shat on him and went to Newcastle. Hilarious. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't absolve anybody of any blame in this. That they 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 carry this mark to the, for the rest of their days. So when Henry Wise is uh, enjoying the the successful career of the. Uh, of the Mackay twins and Billy Whitehouse and uh, and Neil Warnock's on that kind of level when they're all competing in the Premier League with each other. Will it be, um, will we'll it be punching this. anyone uh, when they're asleep, as Dennis Wise once did? I mean, like father, like son, I guess. You've got to, he'll have brought them up well, I'm sure. Have you got anything in your past, Michael, that you might not want your boys to replicate? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondered. <laughs> There's certainly no links to Ken Bates. So I've given him a, a good start in You've life. You've met him. That's true. True, but it was it was a regrettable meeting. Uh, back to the game anyway. And Ketia, another. Did he have two goals he scored? 
Yeah, it went really well. Um, Luke Ayling scored, didn't get injured. Same for, um, what's he called? That other player we've got, Tyler, Tyler Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> Making one of his brief appearances between injuries. That's the guy, yep. He's, um, he must be about 30 now. <laughs> McKinstry won uh, both our penalties, which was quite interesting. You, that's, a, that's a sign of a good winger when a, a 16-year-old gets brought down twice in the box. 16 years old, wow. He's nearly 17. He's not that young. Sorry, that's as Watford's Twitter account would have it. Well, he's nearly 17. He can nearly drive. Yeah, he'll start his driving lessons soon. Imagine that. He'll be driving the team bus. I enjoyed part of the um, ongoing Twitter argument with this between broken out into some Leeds and Watford fans arguing with each other and someone saying... <laughs> Twitter's great, isn't it? And someone saying, and Ketia would be getting in your first team if he was there because he's better than all your players. And someone went, oh, I don't think so. We've got so-and-so, so-and-so, and Welbeck. And someone went, we turned down Welbeck over summer. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep, that's almost true. Exactly what happened. <laughs> that's as I, that's as I remember it, definitely is. Uh, returning to the injuries then, for sure Miss Barnsley because of that hip injury, but he should be back for the weekend. The metronome. Marcelo Bielsa's a liar, isn't he? I mean, that's a bold statement. Qualify it. Yeah, it's pre... Who did we play? Barnsley press conference. He said, yes, all the players are healthy. Everything's fine. And then um, after the game at Barnsley, they said, oh, so what was this... Uh, injury with Adam Forshaw so oh well he, he didn't train for 10 days after the Swansea match um, but we thought he might make it and he couldn't he did have a fitness test apparently yeah apparently he trained Thursday, Friday, Saturday so he was he was training when Bielsa said all the players are healthy but so it's it's maybe not a lie it's more being economical with the full situation not which is people have been crying out for this and saying stop telling everybody the team news if Bielsa yes, hears this, he will come out and apologise for it in his next press conference. That's basic, I'm hoping for like a personal shout out. That's the only reason I'm doing this, as I hope he says. Um, I, I have heard, and then we find out that he listens. So it's all it's all coded this. I'm not really angry about it at all. It's fine. So with Tyler Roberts on the bench against Barnsley, Luke Aylin back for the 23s. Is that it? There's nobody else injured yet? I think that's why Forshaw had to just take a little turn. Somebody probably just like whacked him on the hip. Alioski's probably just sent, oh, just go and give him a quick kick. Rob Price just asking for a bit of work to be sent his way. Yeah, he's got fuck all to do now, hasn't he? And in other good news, then we have people signing contracts. These will be the ones who get injured. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Now, now we've committed to paying millions of pounds for them. Full Union O'Kane. Is he still here? He is he's still. He's here for a long time still. How um, long has he got left? What, injured or on his contract? Either. Probably it'd be a race to see which one has more years left to go. So who have we got then? Cooper, new five-year deal at Ellen Road, beautiful stuff. Um, he's really improved as Cooper and he's turned into uh, a very accomplished defender. Still, You still think he's got a little bit of madness in him? I don't know about madness, just shitness. Just that very tiny streak now? Yeah, it's still just that little skid mark that just might just come through. Is I didn't it- watch any of the Belgium-Scotland match because I couldn't bear to see what was happening to him. Um, Kevin De Bruyne and Lukaku and yeah. Yeah, it didn't sound like that went very well. But, um, and also there was that moment, wasn't he like sort of swimming on the floor when as Wilkes went past him at one point against Barnsley? (laughs) (laughs) So there's still those little bits in there where you go, oh, Liam, don't, now you've signed that, (laughs) don't start doing that. There's that link. But no, he's come on. Leaps and bounds. And he made the, the, the right points himself when he said the, the early years at Leeds, nobody was going to do any good in that situation. And now that he's got a good manager and some uh, steadiness, he's looked like the player who always thought he would be when they let him go. I think what he has done this year, which I've, I've noticed a lot, he, he's 
judgment seems to be improving all the time for like when he went to just step in front of a defender and nick the ball off him particularly when he's defending quite high up you know when strikers are trying to just hold up the ball he's got quite good at just nipping around the side of him and just nudging it nudging it away from them so it's, it's a lot of what the game's about these days isn't it actually it's about interceptions I think it's what Ben White's real strong point is is that he seeks to do interceptions rather than uh, that crunching tackle on the back of the Achilles the Pontus Janssen 10 yard slide well, I think that one of the things that's helped him this season is that Janssen's fucked off so Cooper is now captain. He is in charge of the of the defense. He makes the decisions. Um, he's Ben White's boss. Do you really think? He, do you really think Pontus was that disruptive? To not his disruptive. Cap- just I think having two very similar centre backs who both wanted to do the same things, and Janssen, I think had a a captain's mentality where he would probably be more vocal than Liam Cooper on the pitch. Whereas now there's not two voices back there. There's just one. And so it's a consistent message and Cooper doesn't have to worry about is Janssen going to start barking orders at someone when that's his job? And there's a, a much clearer split of the roles as well where Cooper is the bigger lad so he goes up against the big striker and Ben White's the the nippy little one who goes around, tidies up any knockdowns and interceptions. Where I'm not sure how little Ben White is. He looks quite big to me. Not height, <laughs> girth. <laughs> Wait. We all know it's about girth, yes. Uh, well, if he sees out his contract, which is signed until 2024, that'll be 10 years he'll, he will accrue, which is unheard of in modern football. Do you remember when Lucas's testimonial kind of got back all the greats he'd played alongside? <laughs> I really hope it happens. Get Wooton back in. Yeah, for one last. Just a chin in him you one can, more time. Yeah, you could play in a back three with Wooton and Belushi as, yeah. they, as they struggled against a an ageing Habib Habibu playing for the other team. <laughs> watch watch Belushi bringing in his spreadsheet for the testimonial. For one of my, uh, I wrote about Cooper the other week and I looked through things I'd written about him in his first couple of seasons at Leeds and there was mention of, apart from, I described one of his sendings off as just sad. Um, <laughs> but the, the one that sent a real shiver through me was, uh, I think it must have been a League Cup game when it was mentioned of him, uh, a burgeoning partnership with Dario Del Fabro. At the back, so there's so many players we could get. Get Adrian back. He could be the uh, the the kind of I don't know if he'll balloon to your boa's size while he's out in Switzerland. Um, all that yeah. chocolate, all that chocolate, mate. A chance for Brian Montenegro to show what we were missing. Hockaday can manage because you can have you can get some celebrity managers in. So Hockaday can manage one team. Darko <laughs> Milanic can come back. He's still being paid <laughs> and show us some some of what we missed. So there's some great uh, some great options in there. When you do talk through the the plays, he's been forced to start alongside. It is no wonder that maybe he's only become many good in the last couple of years. And it, I think having a world class manager probably helps. Yeah. And one as unique as Bielsa, you know, just put, you know, that's a real balls on the line statement there. I do realise, you know, controversial, but no, it, Bielsa's just transformed so many players. So you're saying Bielsa better than Hockaday? On balance of probabilities, yeah. Okay. Uh, and again, well, you look at the evidence of Dallas, he's done a new four-year contract now, hasn't he? So 2023, that'll be nine years for him, actually. So, and, and again, returning to what we were just saying before, the Cookstown Cafe, as you called in Moscow, is um, he's, he's great now, isn't he? He's doing really, really well. Bielsa obviously loves him because he can play in any position he's he's told to, which is nice. I think I think he even played him in centre mid at points last year, didn't he? All over the place. Well, just, p- uh, positions are only notional, aren't they? Really, in the Bielsa side. I mean, really, they are. It's all just a big mixing, a big mixing pot. You can just go wherever you want. Start there and go where you're told. Right, the transfer window's closed now, but there are still papers to sell and uh, and online hits the chase on shit clickbait sites and we are still seeing links for our players to leave even though they're not allowed to this latest one is stupid who is it? Clitchbait oh no less I see what you've done going to uh, Burnley apparently but I think this was 
the story of a summer as well. They're probably just in that point where they just dig stuff out and be like, it's been three months since we published a story about this. And he scored at the weekend. Just churn it out again. Where did Philip uh, Cicado, or whatever he's called, end up? The Lazio striker, Benny off LUTV, as he's also known. Casado. Casado, uh, because we've got to be due, uh, due another link with him at some point if whatever movie he eventually made hasn't worked out. Leeds believed to be reviving their interest, need a striker. Bielsa trying to solve his goal scoring efficiency problem. So yeah. the clutch is going nowhere. He, he's about to sign another contract, isn't he? I'm sure he said in the past we basically have the right to trigger a, another year's extension as well. So he's at least staying for another 18 months. And I like him. He's a great penalty against Barnsley. Just there's something about his character, that mischief that he's got in him. There was a nice bit, um, a clip from behind the goal when he scores that penalty and he's kind of run to the Leeds fans and the Barnsley players coming in trying to get the ball off him. And he kind of does this little... Fuck off, gesture with his hands. It's like, a, yeah, you take your ball. Go on, yeah. I'm going to celebrate here. See if he can score two goals to, to claw this back in injury time. You're not Leeds. Uh, right, on to matters more serious then and something that has made ripples in the media. This Jordan Stevens betting ban. There's been a lot said that it's excessive. I don't really have an opinion on this because I, I don't have any research to hand about what other betting bans have been handed out in football. But as a young man who's evidently explained his mental health issues surrounding being lonely and uh, being away from home. How, how do we feel about this? It's fucking ridiculous. That's how I feel about it. If having nothing to do drove him to gambling 500 quid online, then how is giving him nothing to do for six weeks a good idea? So whether whether other people have been punished in the same way or not is sort of irrelevant from my uh, in my opinion, is just don't give him a punishment that is likely to make the situation worse. I mean, the betting rules are there for a, a good reason to stop the match fixing and all that. But he's not really been in a position to influence any games, has he? He's just a lad betting on football, as every single advert tells you to do whenever you watch football. Including the adverts he wears. Yeah. And the adverts for the competitions that he plays in and the, the adverts around the, the stadium where he... He goes to play football. So, you know, there there is that side of it as well that really the the authorities clamping down on their people placing bets online. If they did that to everybody, then all the sponsors would have to fuck off and there'd, there'd be no money left. There is a bit of cognitive dissonance there, isn't there, about football's relationship with gambling. I don't know, we, and this is the thing, we, we make light of it with you, Michael, putting your bets against leads and all that sort of stuff. And it's pretty much part of the football landscape now. But football has to take some responsibility for it. Yeah, and that's what they've not done with Jordan Stevens. Um, Graham Smith in the YUP had it exactly right. What he said, in, the problem with it is that it separates him entirely from the club. I think he's not even allowed to talk to people at, at Leeds United because it's no involvement in football for six weeks. It's a total ban. And uh, yeah, as Smith said, why not say he should spend six weeks working for the Leeds United Foundation um, or... Um, six weeks raising awareness of the gambling clinic in Leeds or six weeks on an educational course or six weeks with professionals who are recovering from gambling addiction. Why not open his eyes instead of shutting him away from the footballing world? It's a beautiful line from Graham. And that's right, there's nothing, it is just like sever the connection for six weeks. And so what's he going to fucking do for the next six weeks? There's some talk that he's gone back to uh, Forest Green Rovers. Um, He's from Gloucestershire. He's gone back down there just to train on his own. But that's not going to do him any good. And then he's got to come back six weeks' time. And the whole thing was him moving to Leeds and feeling out of his depth and not knowing anybody, not having the relationships. And it's just like he's going to miss out on six weeks of 
it sounds idle to say, but six weeks of fun. He could have been enjoying that 6-0 win over Watford last night, at least as part of the the squad. Even if he couldn't play, he could have been there watching, going to the changing rooms afterwards and go, oh, that was brilliant, really glad to be here. But instead, he's got to go to the arse end of the... Well, I mean, Gloucestershire is probably quite nice. The <laughs> arse end of the country and um, and watch it on a stream... Well, betting adverts probably flash up either side of of his uh, of his browser page. Just and even if he doesn't give in to the temptation of placing another uh, bet, and they were all quite minor. He did fifty nine bets totaling uh, five hundred quid. So he's putting tenors on here and there. Even if he doesn't give in to that, every time he sees a gambling advert, it's just a reminder for the next six weeks of how he's fucked up with nobody around to help him. And I think that's the the crucial thing is that there's nobody on hand to just sort of do anything to change his mind. Well, the club not particularly happy with it, were they? Angus Kinnear had words to say on it. And uh, words from Angus as well on investment. This one kind of sailed a little bit under the radar, probably because things are going quite well at Ellen Road at the minute. But another mention in an interview. Where was this interview uh, about investment? Uh, Radio Leeds, I think. He was talking to Adam Pope. And they're not ruling out investment, which does kind of indicate, and I don't want to pour cold water on what has been a good start to the season, but that it's still quite precarious at Leeds and that we kind of need to go up. He's basically saying we're not ruling anything out is what he's, is all he's actually saying, isn't he? It's not saying, he's saying, look, there's obviously lots of people are interested in us because we are good and obviously a big, one of the big draws of English football and we can't, we'll never say never to stuff is what is about as much as he's said. But with all, it's the background of knowing there's the Qatar stuff lingering is that is what always makes you sort of read more into this, I suppose. I think you're always going to have a meeting with somebody who says, we would like to offer you a billion pounds. And you, you go and see them and say, are there any strings attached? <laughs> any conditions on that? And they say, oh, 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 there are a few. All right, we'll leave it actually. But that's a, I think that's a, probably a, an open situation at, at any football club. The, the truth is that there will be big changes if we don't go up. If we do go up, then there's that, um, there's the, the bit that they made sure was in Take Us Home, where there's uh, Andrea Ratridzani saying, we need to do our sponsorship deals for the Premier League now. So that stuff does happen. There's, there'll be different conversations about investment and different conversations about sponsorship if we go up. And if we don't go up, it will just be, yeah, it's for sale. We're well, off. the good news is because we will be promoted by February, we can have those conversations safe in the knowledge that at the end of the season, we will sail into the Premier League. And um, Radrazani might be teasing us as well. Do you see his tweet? Um, what a day. Paris, flight to Barnsley. Flight, I didn't realise Barnsley had an airport. Flight to Barnsley, flight to New York, time to rest finally. wonder what's in New York, apart from just a very nice life. Like reading a Naf Naf T-shirt. <laughs> I imagine the flight in Barnsley landing in, you know, like Indiana Jones, where he's leaving the jungle and the the angry natives chasing him, throwing spears at him as he leaves. <laughs> Red line sailing across the map, <laughs> Barnsley, New York. Yeah, very good. Uh, and a quick word then on Salim Lamrani, who is uh, posting more memories. If you're on Twitter, you will have seen these. And Patrick the Strong Bamford is his latest. I mean, he didn't look very strong against uh, Apo Halme. I look forward to seeing what memories he's got of uh, Apo Halme. It's like. Uh, Apo used to come in every day and greet nobody, little bitch. <laughs> Maybe it's the one player he actually didn't like. We missed, I mean, the, the Bamford one is kind of, it felt a bit rote. Like there's not an actual story about how we, uh, most of the other ones, it's like, oh, and he he contributed, Liam Cooper. Each one feels like a parable, doesn't it? There's a, a tale in there. Well, yeah, Liam Cooper, it was the the reading group when he, he was injured and couldn't come to the, the reading class. And uh, Calvin Phillips, it was taking uh, clothes around the homeless. Patrick Bamford, it's just sort of, he, it's just sort of nice. I think he didn't actually do anything. Pub quizzing with him, I reckon. He's also gifted with intelligence and a high level of general knowledge. 
Oh, yeah, so he's good at Trivial Pursuit, basically. The one that we've missed uh, with Lamrani is he did a very good one. Um, uh, Marcus Abad, our goalkeeping coach, said that his uh, his nickname is The Good. Marcus The Good Abad. Do you see? Ah. Lamrani's punning in his fourth or fifth language, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I miss him. But there are some nice words in there. Conviction, uh, adversity, mental strength, affection. Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, intelligence. Kindness is his main human quality and his behaviour is always marked by benevolence, benevolence. for others. He's benevolent. But, but no examples. That's what gets me. You can't think of a single time when any of this has actually happened. So having called Bielsa a liar earlier in the podcast, you're now saying Lamrani is a barefaced liar. No, I'm saying he probably... He's probably this is like general impressions that... Um, whereas... Uh, Alioski left like specific memories that he will never forget. Those matching tattoos. And his, uh, his, um, his nickname doesn't really match up with the description either. He's just saying, oh, he's really nice, so I'm going to call him The Strong. Like, did he ever bend an iron bar with his bare hands or something? So he's got a strong that... personality and confidence in himself, hasn't he? Well, I'm just feeling, I'm just saying, I feel like that's a little bit of a, a copy and paste. Find, replace the name. Stick it out with a picture. I've got to do something for Pat there. And then he'll he'll get on with the other players. The next one will probably be, yeah, it'll be uh, Liam Cooper again. More about books. <laughs> Sorry, I ran out. I couldn't remember any Leeds night players. Who plays for Leeds? That guy's been injured a lot. Well, it'll, it'll Steve show Tyler. great nobility. Steve Tyler <laughs> will have shown great nobility. And uh, and the specific time when he limped into a, um, one of Lamarani's lectures about the Cuban Revolution. An update on the Blasphemy Baton now, then a feature we created ages ago and we've been desperately trying to kill off. Uh, follow at Mason Cooper 4 on Twitter. Ross Chaplin is looking after things there. The Blasphemy Baton is still in the hands of Olympiacos. However, Champions League week this week and they are playing Tottenham, so it could return to home soil, which is exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> At least there's an outside chance at some point we might reclaim it back. And, and God bless uh, Mason Cooper 4 for... Uh, He's doing some good work on He's this. doing God's work. He really is. Uh, onto the booze baton, definitely the devil's work. Eden J. Harris, better known by his nickname of Garden. This was span off from the above. It determines the whereabouts of our end of season promotion party, which is definitely happening. The destination was Leeds at the start of the season. Now, we were under the impression that maybe uh, Swansea had pinched it from us. However, Eden's feature, and Eden has ruled that Stoke knocking us out of the League Cup means that Stoke took possession of it, which passed over to Birmingham because they uh, lost to Birmingham. So Pep Clotet remains uh, in charge of the... Can he come? But, yeah. He could come to the night out, couldn't he? I always, always had a friendly face. You'd get in places with him, I reckon. Seems cultured. Yeah, I mean, we could go to Ronnie Scott's in Birmingham. Um, had it not closed down, owing millions of pounds to receivers uh, years ago. But you'd like that, Moscow, wouldn't you? I bet Ronnie Scott's. Oh, but if it's Pep Clotet in Birmingham, we'll be off to the... There's a Black Sabbath exhibition on at the Home of Metal at the moment. And if that's still running into next year, it's 50 years of Black Sabbath. Um, we know that Pep, he loves a bit of metal. Um, he's probably <laughs> been there already and he'd be glad to show us around. So, And then, yeah, straight off, get uh, get boozed up. I had a random night out in Birmingham for some reason. It's because I was young and had nothing better to do. Stayed, stayed over for the West Brom Cup game years ago and we ended up, no one had let us in basically because it was a big group of young lads from Leeds. So we ended up in like the only place that had let us in and we were the only people in there when we got in. It turned out it was like quite a, a hip hop nightclub and we were just so out of place. But we, we knew nowhere else had let us in so we just sort of stayed, not, not knowing any of the music. You see the trick, because having worked in nightclubs for years, I mean I've long since retired, but the trick is you arrive in twos. 
Yeah. I'm just arriving twos. But when you've been on the beer all day and you're Leeds fans, that's not necessarily at the forefront of your mind. Because what I can see is if Birmingham do manage to go undefeated for the remainder of this season and therefore that's the location of our end of season party, we'll probably just end up in prison and hate ourselves, which to be fair is something we could do in Leeds. I thought you were going to say prison, which is probably marginally better, actually. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Up at the weekend then, as we release issue two of our fanzine, Philip Cocu's Derby County at home on Saturday lunchtime. Currently Philip Cocu's Derby County. I reckon he must be must be getting a bit nervous with, as they, uh, they've not won a game have they, since the opening day. I mean, winning games is overrated, isn't it? You don't actually need to win. As long as it looks pretty, eh? Well, it does look quite pretty. The, uh, the draws are in grey and the uh, the losses are in orange. So it's like Chelsea's away kit from the mid-90s, that cause one, grey and orange. Uh, they're not doing very, very well. And as we touched on, I think it was in the, was it last week's podcast or maybe the match ball where we were saying that they're trying to play out from the back and play this kind of cultured football, as you would expect from Philip Koku. Yeah. However, they're just completely incapable of playing it. Because, yeah, it's hilarious. Because they don't have Marcelo Bielsa in charge, and we do. And also, they're teams took back all their good players at the end of last season which is which is causing them a bit of an issue they had like Tamori who was their centre-back played more or less every game for them he's good he's now playing in the Premier League for Chelsea Mason Mount in centre midfield he's good um, he's now playing in the Premier League for Chelsea um, and Harry Wilson uh, went back to Liverpool and out again to Bournemouth um, he was good too and scored all of their goals and it turns out when you lose all of your best players you become a bit shit yeah whoscored.com are not kind to them uh, Derby's characteristics, their strengths are creating long shot opportunities. They're very strong at that. And that's it, which is probably one of the worst strengths you can pos- you can probably get. You can just create a long shot opportunity. Just like, oh, but what you, itching- you could shoot from here. I'm itching to find out what are their weaknesses on who scored. I mean, how long have you got? Um, they're weak at finishing scoring chances, defending against skillful players, protecting the lead, stopping opponents from creating chances, avoiding individual errors, and they are very weak, and this is exciting, at defending counter-attacks. So we are going to absolutely screw them. Even in light of the fact that we completely blew the playoff semi-final second leg, are we going into this with brazen confidence and cockiness? 
Yeah, because all their good players have gone. And Tom Lawrence, who's another mainstay of their midfield, is suspended because he's already managed to get booked five times this he's a, season. He's a winger as well, isn't he? Is he a winger or is he a central, central midfielder? He's a shit bastard is what he is. <laughs> five yellow cards already this season. He was booked in both legs of the playoff semi. So he's had, uh, he's had seven yellow cards in his last 10 games. And Warnock was complaining about him. I thought he'd fucking love this. He was saying he, uh, his yellow against Cardiff should have been a red. But, I mean, that's standard Warnock. But um, I'm surprised he hasn't put a cheeky bid in. I did watch um, some of that Derby Cardiff game and fucking hell, it's terrible. Yeah. It makes you realise how lucky we are. Like, it was just basically Cardiff taking long throws and Derby trying to keep possession and being shit at it. I tell you, I mean, we, we've paid our penance, though, to be fair, but I do occasionally, and I had it driving in today in the car when we were coming to record this, I just have this occasional wave of kind of, it's almost like joy, I think. It might even be happiness where I just think about the football that Leeds play and Bielsa's got us playing. I just think, this is lovely. And it was all, it was prompted by the photo of him in Morrison's that um, came out on, on Twitter this morning. I just thought, isn't this nice? And I felt I felt nice and warm and fuzzy inside, which is not something I normally associate with Legion United. I haven't seen that photo yet. I'm going to look for it now. But we had the um, the idea in mind last season when we all thought we were going to go up. There was a lot of people saying, oh yeah, but if we don't, another season in the championship where we just absolutely win it and some of the younger players come through and make the mark, that would all be uh, exciting. Oh, there he is with his trolley. And his, his leads. Uh, I think he's on the he's on the canned he's either the canned veg or canned fish aisle. And I just thought he shops like my dad in Morrison's, possibly in a tracksuit, tins because they last. It is the canned fish section. Yeah. But yeah, so we were we were all convinced ourselves that that would be a good idea. And then obviously at full time against Derby, it felt like a terrible idea, um, <laughs> and nothing felt like it was ever going to be good again. But now we are in that position where um, what did we say? How many points are we on for this season? We're on for 105 points at the rate we're going. And if we do do that, I'd say it would probably be a good season. I'd probably quite enjoy it. And, and we it should... might even be worth it, especially if Derby, having fucked up at Wembley, get relegated. And we should really have um, beaten Swansea and Forest as well. So I think that should be factored into how many points we're going to get. So it'd probably be about, what's the most you can get? We'll probably get about 130 now. Well, you can get 138 is what you can get. Okay, probably 130 then. We'll, we'll, we'll drop uh, another couple. At the end of the season... We'll just go back through through the games where we dropped a point here or there and just decide whether we should have had them anyway mm-hmm. and just add it on. I don't see why we can't. Well, we should have beaten Swansea and we should have beaten Forest. So we, the, should be, uh, we should have had seven out of seven so far. If the EFL have the power to take points away for FFP breaches, surely they can add points for being within FFP guidelines and playing really well. So I think it should be... It should be rated like that. I mean, they change every other fucking rule to do with FFP every season, so I don't see why they don't just so say, yeah, you get an extra point for every one million underneath uh, the, the the guideline that you come. We'd be fucking, we'd be way ahead already. I think we should lobby Debbie Jevons's EFL for that. That's a good idea, as it stands at the minute. I'm sure it'll bite us massively on the arse in future seasons. <laughs> but we go into every game here thinking, oh, we're going to win this. We were better than Derby last season for all but one half of football and they've got loads worse and we've got better so it should be fine and we saw it the Swansea game out against Barnsley I think if we hadn't got that result we might go into this thinking well still have the wheels come off um, but no we just Barnsley came out with probably one of the, the better performances that we've we've played against and we won 2-0 so Derby are going to come at us and be shit so we're probably going to win 20-0 imagine, imagine Keo's face as Nketiah comes on and 
nips in behind him. He won't even be able to kick him like Halmer did. He'll be so far away. Flecking spit all over him and all that kind of stuff. How is he still going? And trying to play football like uh, Marcelo Bielsa, except a, a, a crap version of it. Well, Andy Keogh's always loved those kind of weird... Richard Janssen's. Oh. <laughs> yeah. His sister Richard. No, I, I wanted to talk about Andy Keogh, though, because okay. I think even he playing up front for this scene would be great. But if you want to take us back to Richard Keogh... Um, he's always loved those kind of Pontus Janssen-esque runs to halfway and then just sort of kicking the ball forward and falling over. But yeah, he's uh, he keeps trying it. 315 games for Derby. He's only 33. He could be going for a few years, yeah. And maybe as well, because Koku has this style that he's trying to imprint. Do you think maybe he'd be reluctant to tear that up at this stage to try and contain leads? Or do you think maybe he will come and try and play and leave masses of space for us to play in? I think he might try and be a bit more defensive just because he's probably shitting himself about his job slightly, given the way these things tend to go. If if they lose, they could conceivably be in the relegation places, I think, or certainly just outside of them. So mm, he might try and scrape a point, a yeah. filthy point. I think he's going to try and do a Swansea, but he's got um, Richard Keogh in his defence. So good luck with that, lads. Predictions then, I think this could be, I'm going to say... 3-0, Michael. Nice steady 2-0. Though I'll bet on Derby, obviously. <laughs> Moscow. I'm quite confident in my 20-0 prediction. <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> What's wrong with that? 20-0. I'll put, a, I'll put a penny on it. Another good week for Leeds United, so let's pick our heroes and villains for this time out, then the people who've made our lives better or worse across the last seven days. First, we pick our villains in the Ken Bates Villainy Award, and Ken Bates, it's the custom that he gets the first nomination for something spurious normally what's he got a nomination for this time he was um, in charge of the club when we lost 3-2 5-2 and 4-1 at Barnsley not good days he also presumably brought uh, Henry Wise some presents that he'd never deserved Mm -hmm. (laughs) poor little Henry so uh, he should maybe I mean it would be quite basic he's 18 now we'll have him back you owe me you're my godson come and wipe my arse Oh, Christ. That's what Dennis said this was all about. <laughs> Wouldn't have agreed otherwise. Sean's not doing it anymore with his tongue. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. We can also nominate him for all these mental images. Blame Ken Bates for that as well. Yeah, and who else do we have him? I mean, that's another mental image, isn't it? Keith Stroud, his continued cruelty to farmyard animals. <laughs> Although he's mainly being cruel to uh, Pat Bamford. I don't know if he was a... He's a, he's a beautiful show pony. So he, I was going to say like an alpaca. <laughs> there was the um, an image of Keith Stroud stood near um, both Bamford and Halmer, and he looked like a child. He was so small compared to the pair of them. So potentially could could ride pigs in a number of ways. It's a sport, isn't it? Mm. Excellent. Uh, who else? That Barnsley steward, dickhead. Whichever night, potentially, you never know, the booze baton, this could come up to bite him. It might end up in Barnsley somehow. He could be working the nightclub where 3,000 Leeds fans turn up to. <laughs> be like, be like, Do you remember this guy? <laughs> I think we are coming in. <laughs> Having paid the entry price and queued very orderly. Yes. Yep, excellent. And I'd like to nominate the Watford social media team for being bad losers because we came there under 23s, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, the the bitching about Luke Ayling's experience. Our average age in that uh, side, by the way, was worked out on Twitter. It was 20 and a half. Bunch of old men. And also, they may uh, the bitch about Luke Ayling scoring when he's got 100 first-team games. They should maybe worry about the fact he's our fucking right-back and he's scoring the sixth against them. 
which Bigger is a, problem. Which is a tap-in from three yards, because that's where our right-back plays. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because he's an old man that he scored that goal. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> that's so true. Our full-back plays at the back post. Yep. <laughs> it, wasn't even, it wasn't even a cross, it was a shot from the edge of the box, and he was just the nearest player to their goal, strangely. I tell you what, I watched... Um... Villa West Ham last night. Shit, wasn't it? Shite. The Premier League is largely shite, barring a few exceptional teams. Was not the uh, the Mings El Ghazi fight worth it? That was worth it, but just the standard of play. And I, th- I think maybe we've been have we been a bit spoiled with Bielsa and the style of football that he's got us playing, where you always expect a player to be, and they all know what they're doing. Spoiled is what Henry Wise got when fucking Jody Morris took him into the youth team at Derby as a favour to his dad. Us getting a season and a, a month of decent football from Marcelo Bielsa is nothing compared to the the fucking... Um, let's nominate Dave Hockaday on this because uh, MC Freestyle did an interview with Phil Hay in The Athletic and mentioned that he was... That's Alex Mowat, by the way. He was trying to get fit in pre-season and so went on a training run um, around near his house twisted his ankle and was out for a month and uh, Hockaday told him that it was a stupid thing to do binned him off to the under-23s and said, now you've got to prove yourself again. Who the fuck does Dave Hockaday think he is? So, not that we keep these grievances for a long time. All of, uh, well, he comes uh, back to mind when you think about what we've, what we're enjoying now with Bielsa. We are not being spoiled. We're getting, we're getting a tiny little smidgen of what we should have had all along. And we'll nominate the FA as well for the, the reasons previously discussed about Jordan Stevens. But specifically Stuart Ripley, who was uh, part of the decision-making panel and is from, uh, I don't know if he's from Middlesbrough, I think he is, but he certainly started his career there. So he's obviously a lead-taking bastard. Is that all our candidates then? And shall we need to pick a winner? I sort of feel like the FA. I feel, like they, I feel like they just need to get their shit in order on this and have some some consistency about the whole thing. Are you, are you okay with having bad things around the game or are you not? One of the things they said was an aggravating factor in uh, the reason why they punished Stephen so severely was because he placed a lot of his bets after an FA uh, seminar in betting rules on football, said, well, he, he attended that seminar and he clearly ignored everything we told him. They need to look, well, your seminar isn't fucking working if a 16, 17-year-old kid is coming out of that room going, I think we're going to go put, put a load of bets on football now. So, yes, they need to look at themselves in all of this as well and think, one, is the education they're giving to young players working? Clearly not in the, this case, so they need to look at that. And two, is the punishments that they're handing out for this sensible in the light of the conditions that allow this to happen, specifically in Jordan Stevens' case, where somebody is standing there and saying, this is why I started betting um, against the rules. And they say, right, your punishment is to go and do that again. Also, when you do one of those courses, if you already like betting, probably just serves as a bit of an advert and a reminder for it. It's like when you when you see one of those stories on the front of the paper that says like, it's always the Express or the Mail, that says like eating bacon is the same as smoking 40 cigarettes a day. And you just think, I'm going to go smoke some sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to smoke some bacon now. Bacon and fags. Mm. <laughs> Fucking great. Let's move on then to the Andy Hughes Hero Award now then. The people who have made our lives a little bit better this last week. Uh, Mateus Click, the obvious uh, opener here, I think, for uh, scoring penalties like that, and cover star of issue two of our fanzine that's on sale for the weekend in glorious grey and pink, a combination of colours which we've always liked and always fully endorsed. And he liked our front cover as well. He replied to us on Instagram. Um, he said, great. And there was a winky tongue out emoji as well, which is a good emoji. That means we're now friends, doesn't it? Yes. 
Speaking of friends, Marcelo Bielsa, obviously a big fan of the podcast. He, he was spotted in his office with a Leeds Carajo mug in the background, which is keeping his pens in, which is very nice. I, I think he probably doesn't want to doesn't want to risk washing it, keeping it in, keeping it in top nick for when he goes back to Argentina at, at the end of his uh, career, and he can. He I mean, can have it probably in a cabinet. I would think they do look great when washed. Still, dishwasher safe. Yes, they are. Where, where are they available from? If you wanted to get those, there are links to all the merch at thesquareball.net. <laughs> Don't if you ever mentioned that. Mm. Mm. Lovely mug. Joking aside, I was genuinely moved when I saw that because I know we sent a couple of mugs to him and Salim Lamrani, but I did assume, and we got a nice message off Salim as well saying, uh, thank you, friends. But I did assume that they were probably in the bin. But then to find out that he is, it is on his desk full of his pens and he looks at it every single day, that's nice, isn't it? I think we can probably attribute a lot of Leeds United's improved form this season to, uh, to him having that mug in his life. I'll tell you what, it is weird and I had a really warm, fuzzy feeling about that as well, thinking that, you know, we're just a bunch of idiots who do this, but we came up with that mug and it's sitting on his desk and how our worlds have intersected with Marcelo Bielsa. I'm sure it must be how a lot of fans feel, you know, when they stop and get photos with him or see him in Morrison's or whatever it might be or mooching around in Weatherby. Isn't it weird that we've we've just crossed paths in this way with Marcelo Bielsa? But it's lovely, it's a beautiful thing. He knows who we are. And we like each other. This isn't like if Steve Evans knew who we were and knew that we thought he was a fat fucking mess who needed to just fuck off back to his, mull over his fraud conviction some more. This is actually a beautiful thing. Who else then? I just want to dwell on that for a while. You just think, Marcelo Bielsa, 10 years from now, when he's in Argentina, somebody might say something about a square ball across the pitch and he might just go, ah, oh, see, why not? <laughs> I think we're convincing ourselves here, aren't we, that we're a big part of his and life. he'll just send us a little text. Ah, thinking about it. I want to apologise for not getting leads promoted. It's been bothering me for the last 15 years. And I, I had to just let you guys know, I saw your mug in the cupboard again today, where I've seen it every day for the last 15 years. And I finally cracked and decided that the text message I've thought about, this apology I wanted to make every day, I'm finally making it. Did you see the clip on um, Argentinian TV of his brother talking about when he dedicated a title win to him and then he rang him months later to say, I'm really sorry I shouldn't have dedicated that title win to you because I didn't check with the players and it was their success and it wasn't mine to give and also any any dedication should be done in private and I did it in public yeah. and, and he, that was a mistake to have done that and I'm very, very sorry. But he, did, he rang him in the middle of the night, didn't yeah, he? It was about three in the morning. Yeah. Like months after, he's like, no, no, I need to, I need to deal with this. He's a, he's a great man. What a great man he is, yes. Um, so is James Milner as well. He's been a Premier League footballer. Great tweet by at Rich Jolly. James Milner has now been a Premier League footballer for exactly half his life. 6,154 days since his Premier League debut, and that came 6,154 days after his birth. I love that. What have you been doing for half of your life? Watching Leeds in the second division. <laughs> That's actually true. Yep. Shit. Yep. Uh, I think we should move on from that and celebrate Stuart Dallas for his celebration as well. That was good. He's kept by a punch in the, um, the advertising boards. Punching them with his hands and not punching them with his feet, though, like Ketsbaya did. He did, did, did do a kick at the start. Yeah, I was going to say, punching with the feet, colloquially known as kicking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> did one of those foot, foot punches in my head. <laughs> do a hand kick. <laughs> Head strike, goal, as the Americans used to say. <laughs> when it comes to other nutters as well, Alioski, are we going to give him a nom? Yeah. He'd, he'd never, and also earlier in the day, he'd, um, he'd as they would walk into, into the ground, he was with Pablo and he was trying to get Pablo to look at the camera and 
could see Hernandez was just like the weariness of a man who has who's been looking after a child all day. Just sort of like, yeah. And then he went on to pretend to wait, shake hands with people, and he was doing the old uh, did a fake high five with an actual child, didn't he? Did he, did he do the wavy the, hand on the, the nose? wavy hand on the nose? No, 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 no thing. Yeah, and then did it again straight afterwards to another man who sort of like went, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a dickhead. He's good. That footage of him uh, in the tunnel with Halme, I was slightly surprised to hear him speak in English because I'd sort of always assumed he just spoke in a series like clicks and beeps and <laughs> growls and stuff like that. He actually speaks English. Yeah, he's got a bit of a strange voice, actually. It had to, had to place his accent. Maybe we'll um, run a feature on it another day. Northern Macedonian boy band, <laughs> very much. Uh, who else? Uh, Eddie Enketia. Keeps scoring goals, doesn't he? I mean, he was our nomination in Matchball Podcast. He was the kind of the front runner, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so we're following on from that. And Quest got on our... Uh, our bandwagon and uh, gave him player of the weekend with 74% of a public vote. Obviously, giving that kind of thing to a public vote, you're going to end up with somebody who uh, played 20 minutes and scored the winner for Leeds. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that a Barnsley player could have scored 10 goals in that game and would not have been player of the week. <laughs> we never need mind. To, uh, has anybody checked the stats on, on who's been winning Quest TV's player of the weekend? I don't think if, Quest TV are even asked, are they? No, never mind the rest of the world. If there has been a weekend when it's not been a Leeds player, we need to stop that from ha- ever happening again. I don't know if they, they pick a shortlist, so that might fix it. But um, certainly, I do like that Enketia's votes very similar to our sort of average possession stats, 74%. We need to be we need to be dominating every part of football for the rest of this season, not just the, the league and, and games. Any public vote, anything like this, get in there, get it up 74%. The irrelevance of Quest as a TV channel is probably best characterised by my dad's relationship to it. Because, you know, as as you start to get older and dads forget stuff as well. And um, my dad doesn't know the name of the TV channel that it's on. The, he just, you know, the highlights are on that channel, that Sky channel. What's it called? The Quest. Co- you mean Quest, Dad? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The no, Colin Murray channel. Yeah, that one. Saturday night, you know the one. What is it? What's it called? Bit Up TV. Something. Yeah, that's the one, Dad. That's the one. Absolutely. Who's having it? Do we want to stick with Enketia from uh, from the match ball or do we have an alternative candidate? I think Click, maybe, because uh, he scored a penalty, which I was calling for him to do. Um, so it's good that one of my videos on Twitter has been uh, had some positive attention. Um, it's a positive video, though. Normally, people are used to you know, trying to drag players down. Yeah, dismantling a, a young man's confidence before he's even set foot in the first team. I imagine you've got you've done one of uh, McKinstry yesterday, haven't you? Any time he lost the ball, you've probably put starting to put those together. Uh, no, uh, the one from last night is Ian uh, Mislier. I thought he was lazy. <laughs> lazy bones performance from that goalkeeper. Long bones as well that he's got. And also because he liked our front cover, which is good of him. And also it means that we can say, if you want to buy a magazine with uh, the Andy Hughes hero of the podcast on the front, squareball.net for a copy of our new issue. Yeah, you can find that on the website where you can also find subscriptions for the forthcoming season, links to the merch. I mean, we've, we've been quite whorish and sold quite a lot, haven't we, in this uh, this podcast? So we should probably apologise for that whilst not really meaning it. No, no, get back on. You didn't mention the merch enough, really. T-shirts, hoodies, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and more to come. So buy all that and then... And the extra ball. Subscribe to that. Um, if Our address is on there if you want to send us cash. <laughs> cash in the post. I mean, as Angus Kinnear said, we're, we're open to any offers of investment. <laughs> the larger, the better. And... Uh, we're quite. We're not as fussy about conditions as uh, Andrea Ratrizzani might be. But it does also show how precarious things are for us as well. <laughs> yeah, if we don't go up, we're all leaving too. <laughs> if you don't want us to just abandon ship at the end of this season, come come to us with a million pounds. 
Everything you need is at thesquareball.net. Final word on mood going into the weekend against Derby. Michael, how are you feeling? Thrilled. It's going well. And Moscow. Excited for all 20 of our goals. And we look forward to reviewing each one of them in excruciating detail on the match ball after the Derby game. We will speak to you then. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.